Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, how are you? I'm recording this super late in my day. It's going to go to Nicole super late. Sorry if that means you're getting this a little later on your Sunday, but I've been extremely lazy today because I had to do a podcast last night as well. And let me tell you, doing podcasts sucks all emotional energy out of my body. Physical energy too. I don't know how people do multiple podcasts a week. I guess those people most likely don't. No, that's not even true. I was going to say they don't have regular jobs because in my head I was like, how does John Favreau, Pod Save America, do multiple podcasts? But like, <laughs> there are people that don't work for Crooked Media that do multiple podcasts. Like Amanda from Amanda Who Loves to Hate Teen Mom. She does multiple podcasts a week and she has a normal job, I'm pretty sure. And like, I just, I don't know. It's so hard for me <laughs> to do multiple podcasts in a week. It really takes my emotional energy. But yeah, so I have a special pod coming out this week, I think, about Katie Yeager's from Teen Mom 3, her Young and Pregnant episode. So go watch that. I'm not sure what day that's going to drop, but it will be dropping shortly. Maybe I shouldn't put that in. Maybe I should have, like, let that be a surprise, but, well, it's not. And I think I just said, maybe I shouldn't put that in before I actually hit stop recording where I contemplated if I shouldn't put that in. So that's what type of night I'm having. I've also broken like three nails in the last two days. So things are tough. But you know what? I persevere because this is my art that I have to put out to the world. (laughs) Just kidding. It always makes me laugh when I think of doing this podcast as an art Now, are there podcasts that are arts? Yes, of course. There are many of them. Many that I listen to, I would consider forms of art. Is Feathers in My Hair art? No, of course it's not. Anyway, what a week. What's the biggest news of the week? So I guess it has to be baby Veda Luma Baltiera made her way into this world. Now, A lot of people said, Liz, you guessed the name Veda. You said it on your podcast. And why I would love to take credit for it. I absolutely did not guess the name. I 100% saw that on Reddit beforehand. (laughs) 100% saw it on Reddit. By the way, they're spelling Veda, not V-A-D-A, which is how I would like it spelled. They're spelling it V-A-E-D-A, which like, of course. I mean, I'm assuming it's Veda. I don't know how else they would pronounce it, but... Thank God it's not Tesley. As I said, I actually quite like the name Veda. I think it's um, old-fashioned and unique and classic, but not... It's, like, unique without being crazy, and I like old-fashioned names that are used as, like, a more unique name in the year 2019. So I think Veda is pretty. Now, the middle name Luma, L-U-M-A, I'm not quite so sure about. I saw some people wondering if maybe 
in touch, uh, who Caitlin and Tyler, I guess, sold the exclusive baby name rights to, and they had the name, like, the minute it came out of Kate's vagina, but, uh, people were speculating, like, maybe they spelled Luna wrong, like, it was a typo, and I don't think that's the case, unfortunately, but I really, really wish it was the case, because Veda Luna would be a much better name, and I'm not quite sure, like, what Luma is. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it's a name. It looks like lump to me. It It's tough, but, you know, look, they were going to name that baby Tesley, so I can take Luma as a middle name. <laughs> I know I spent the entire last episode railing against the middle name Eddie, and I think I even called the uh, episode Eddie question mark. But today I want to say that I don't care that much about middle names, <laughs> which is actually a true statement because who cares what a middle name is, except when it's Chelsea and she names her baby Lane Eddie. So if we just we just leave the last not the last name if we just leave the middle name out of this if we just don't ever think about Luma. Veda Baltiera is fine. Nova and Veda is, uh, the double V is a little tough on a sib set. Do you guys ever read like naming forums? I'm like not super into it. Anastasia Stas, who's been on this podcast a couple times, loves names. I like names and I like to read the Reddit name nerds forum, but I'm not, like, a huge name person, but they always talk about sib sets, <laughs> like, sibling sets of names, and I just really hate the phrase sib sets. Um, but Nova and Veda, it's a little bit of a tongue twister on the sib set. I am wondering if Caitlin and Tyler could have picked Carly's name, what they would have named her. I know when they're 16 and pregnant, they had, like, kind of talked about well, April says that they told her that they were going to name the baby after her, which would have been weird. I'm not sure why they would have done that, but I wonder what they would have ended up naming the baby because Brandon and Teresa picked the name Carolyn, which is Carly's full name. And then I think maybe they picked the nickname Carly together, all of them. Anyway, welcome to the world, little Veda Luma Baltiera. Veda, you've got a cute name. Of course, there's an extra E because why wouldn't there be an extra E? This is Caitlin and Tyler, but let's all thank God that it's not named Tesley. Um, what else happened this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? That little thing. David and Janelle. Okay. People asked me to do a bonus episode on it. I was trying to wait until... More info came out. By the way, I think I have, what's it called when you have ringing in your ears? Tentinitis. That's not what it's called. Uh, but I have that thing in my ears ringing really bad right now. <laughs> it's really distracting. <laughs> oh, God. What am I going to do? Oh, you know, the sh my art must go on. The show must go on. Anyway, People asked me to do a bonus episode. I, like, didn't post that much about it on my Instagram because I was trying to wait until we got more info, right? So, basically what happened on Saturday, Janelle, Saturday morning, Janelle posted a Facebook story, not an Instagram story, a Facebook story. By the way, 
I don't support Facebook stories. I live in constant fear that I'll accidentally share one of my status updates to a Facebook story. You know, maybe one day I'll like them because I also hated Instagram stories when they first came out. And I was like, we're only using Snapchat. And now I literally only use Snapchat to keep up with my one streak that I have going on with my dear friend Maria and to be in like my group. I'm like in a Snapchat group snap, not a group text, but like in a Snapchat group um, of all people who have been on this podcast, my internet friends. But I really hated Instagram stories. So I don't know, maybe one day I will like Facebook stories, but that day is not today. And I don't use them and I don't really, I don't check them ever. I don't think I've ever checked, at least on purpose, anybody's or Facebook story. But Janelle posted on Facebook stories, like, I wonder where my husband is. Now, if you know anything about Janelle, like the worst thing in the world to Janelle is David not being with her 24-7. And so I knew some shit was up. Then Janelle changed her Facebook status to separated, which is really funny. And I think it's really funny when people, oh my God, I'm really sorry. I just yawned. I'm trying not to yawn. I've been, I hope people have noticed. I know I used to yawn on microphone, but I really don't do that anymore. I make a real conscious effort not to do that. But, you know, Pobody's Nerfic, is that what it is? (laughs) Oh man, oh man. Anyway, she also then uploaded a new profile picture and made the caption, like, single AF. So, that happened. And then Ashley said that David made his Facebook status, like, his married relationship status, single on Friday. So, that was exciting. But that's literally all that happened. Janelle then, like, of course, throughout the day on Saturday and Sunday was posting, like, on her Instagram stories, like, listening to breakup music. But that's really it. A lot of people had their hopes up that, like, this was finally it. Everything was finally over. But I think it's pretty obvious that that was never going to happen. I mean, statistically, it takes an abused woman on average seven times to leave her abuser And for Janelle, it's, like, it takes her 20 times to leave anybody. Like, she never, this isn't how her breakups work. She doesn't just, like, have a breakup and then it sticks. And her and David have actually stayed together without breakups for, at least public breakups, for a pretty significant amount of time for her. I mean, they'll have moments where they, like, unfollow each other on Instagram or whatever, but... That's, they really haven't had public fights with one another, like, or Janelle, like, changing her status or claiming she's single or, like, any of that shit. So, this is, like, the first time that that's really happened, at least in recent memory, and I was like, there's no fucking way they're breaking up. And everyone's like, they're breaking up, they're breaking up, and I was like, they're they're not breaking up. There's no way that this is the end of Janelle and David. And I was right basically. Um, well, at least I think I was right. I think they both ended up like hiding their marital status. Janelle's might still stay separated. David's is hidden. Janelle doesn't have her single AF picture up anymore. And that's it. They haven't commented on it all week. They haven't posted together though. 
But I think it's pretty safe to say that Janelle and David are back together. Um, I kind of missed the boat by not talking about this like five days ago. And I probably should have just like done a bonus pod or maybe tell me if you guys would be interested in me when these things happen. Like maybe posting on my Instagram stories like me talking. Um, And then I could do it in like a story highlight so you could click through. I don't know how realistic that is. I wish there was a way to upload. I mean, I, I don't know. But, like, uploading some type of fast content where I could just talk for two or three minutes because by now I don't like when this happens. I like something exciting happens during the week. And then by the time I get a chance to talk about it, like, it's kind of over and I have no enthusiasm about it. Because that's basically what happened with this Chanel and David breakup. is, And it was very anticlimactic, really. And the thing is, I didn't have a ton of enthusiasm for it earlier in the week because Janelle just, like, wasn't going off the way that she... I want to say normally does, but the reality is, is like, I don't know if it's what she normally does or what she used to do. And I think I, I hope I'm being clear on what the difference is there that like what she used to do with like Nate and Kiefer and Gary and Cortland, et cetera, might not be like what she does with David. So I don't necessarily want to say like, this is what she normally does, but what she used to do is they would have these big fights and public breakups and the way that she, like, does her single AF stuff would be, like, days and days and days in a row. And that just didn't happen this time. So there's really, the story kind of, like, petered out and died. There just, like, isn't that much to talk about it with. Like, I'm pretty sure they're back together. I'm pretty sure they will not break up until David leaves her for good. I don't see her ever leaving him, not because she is like unable to leave him because of abuse or whatever it's just because like she does not want to leave him as I've said like David is Janelle's perfect spouse not to any of us but to Janelle and she has no desire to leave him and I think it will end up being David leaving her and I think that's what happened this time they probably had a huge fight and he left the house especially considering she was like I wonder where my husband is um I think People are like, well, what's he going to do? Like, Janelle makes all the money. But I don't think David cares that much about money. Now, does David like having money and not having to work and getting to have all his toys and that land and that house? Like, yeah, a fucking course. Of course he does. But I think the reality is David grew up lower middle class. He was lower middle class all his life. And he only hasn't been for the last three years. And David could walk away from it and be be fine. You know, he'll go get a job as a welder, just doing some type of construction. Um, It's not like, like, David could get a job on a construction site. Like, nobody gives a fuck if he goes on some homophobic, transphobic, racist rants on Facebook uh, on a construction site. I remember when he was, like, going really crazy online and people are like, oh, he'll never be able to get a job. And it's like, David's not applying for jobs. Where they, like, do a Google search on you, and even if they do, like, the type of job, like, would not, that David would have, would not care. So, I am, like, not, I believe that David would leave her and would leave the money. I just don't think, I think it's one of those things that, like, his life is significantly easier having money, but he would be fine without the money. And I also wonder if he realizes, like, the trade-off of being with Janelle isn't worth it. Like, most of her boyfriends eventually realize, unfortunately. And 
I just, I, like, I just, I can see him walking away from the money. Like, I think the money is not going to keep him there. Um, I would be curious to see what happens with the house. They're both on the deed. Uh, they both own that land. So they would probably, I wonder if she would buy him out or if they would sell it and split the money. Even though I'm sure he didn't pay a cent towards it, she put his name on the deed. <laughs> so good luck, sis. Um, also important to remember that in North Carolina, you have to be physically separated for an entire year before you're legally allowed to get divorced, which is very archaic. I don't like it one bit. It's, it, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in divorce. I'm a big supporter of divorce. I think divorce should be as easily accessible as possible. That only helps women. Um, it's no surprise that with the normalization of divorce came more of women's liberation and feminism, feminist movements. Uh, in my opinion, like birth control, reproductive freedom, and divorce all kind of go hand in hand. And anytime people talk about like, well, the good old days when people didn't divorce, like my head just hears like, oh yeah, when women had to stay with abusers, like let's go back to that. That's great. But North Carolina still has pretty outdated divorce rules, which is why she was married to Cortland for so long, even though they were only physically together for like three months, if that. They got married in December and were broken up by like April with like breaks in between. Um, but if they were to divorce, they would have to be physically separated for an entire year. And because I did a lot of research on this back in the uh, Cortland days, like, if Janelle and David physically separated, let's say, and then six months in, they, like, slept together or they stayed the same night in the house, like, if the court found out about that, then it would, like, reset the clock on their ability to get a divorce in that one year. Isn't that crazy? So, Janelle and David divorcing is going to be a nightmare. It's going to be a whole thing. And I don't foresee it happening anytime soon. So, yeah, unfortunately, there's, like, not a huge Janelle and David drama. And it was definitely one of those things that was, like, more exciting in the moment and at the time than what ended up happening in the end. And I'm sure soon enough we'll see pictures of them back together. There are probably some right now that I just haven't checked yet because I haven't looked at social media a ton today. Uh, the one other thing that I wanted to talk about is Mackenzie McKee. Like, <laughs> ooh, Mackenzie McKee had what I would call a tough week. She put, okay, if you guys don't know, Mackenzie McKee is kind of like obsessed with being a, like, viral sensation. She, like, really wants to be an internet star. Um, she has a YouTube channel now, which apparently Josh is, like, a full participant in, which is surprising, but I haven't watched any of the videos, so I, like, can't totally confirm, but her whole thing is that she is, like, a relatable hot mess mom, and she really went, like, she's really striving for that, like, relatable mom thing, so she posted this on Facebook, and <laughs> it didn't go how she wanted it to go, so it says, and by the way, follow me on EBP underscore feathers, because if you are, you would have seen this last week when I posted it. Josh knew I had to go to Joplin today, so like any typical man, he accidentally planned a fishing trip with my dad. So what did I do? I took all three kids by myself. So here are pub some public apologies I must make. Japanese Steakhouse. 
to the two young couples on a fancy date. Y'all looked so adorable, and it was and if it was your first date, I'm sorry one of you got noodles thrown in your hair. Sorry y'all had to spend it listening to farting noises and poop jokes. Petland. If that poor ferret died because Bronx and Gannons were pulling at it from pulling at it from each end fighting over it, sorry. However, they're not really worth two hundred though, emoji shruggy. Best Buy. I'm not sure how my son crapped up his back and rubbed it up against one of your nicely displayed fridges, but somehow it happened. Sephora. Jaxi ruined three Kylie Jenner lipsticks, and I had to run after I saw the price and didn't want to confess it was my kid. But here's my apology. And last but not least, Orange Leaf. Y'all have a mess to clean up. Other than that, the trip was great. Now to my husband, you're dead. Hashtag mom life. Now... As many people have po- pointed out, Sephora does not carry Kylie Jenner lip kits. So this is probably all a lie. Um, let's hope that no ferret was harmed. <laughs> Even though I, like, really hate ferrets, I don't support kids killing them. I... I just don't know why she thinks, like, she wants to be an internet person because she's not good at it. She can't take the criticism. Anytime that she gets, like, rebuked in these things, she flips out. And so she tweeted, I'm sorry, I can't handle anymore. Today was my breaking point. I've done my best, and with everyone telling me I should just kill myself, maybe you're right. I worry about Mac McKee. She has, I believe, past suicide attempts. She has a long history of depression and anxiety And, I mean, pretty clearly she tweeted that as a manipulation tactic, but it's still scary and worrisome. And, Mackenzie, like, just stop trying to be an internet girl. Stop trying to make your money as, like, a YouTuber viral sensation because you can't handle it. Mackenzie would be, I think, so much happier if she just, like, got a normal job and chilled out. But instead she, like, wants to be this hustler and business girl and multi-level marketing person and it just doesn't seem to be working for her and it's pretty heartbreaking so that's it for Mackenzie I'm pretty sure she's already back on social media I think she took like a one-day break I haven't checked her snapchat in a while but girl I just the I just can't decide if it's darker if she like knowingly if she typed all that up as a lie or if that shit really happened and she thought people would like think it was cute I think it's darker if it really happened and she thought it was cute but I'm I'm not sure the jury's out the jury's still out but you know I really would like Mackenzie to get some mental health help and then Angie also made a post that day about how like Mackenzie's blood sugars were out of control <laughs> Like, I think somebody commented on her Instagram and was like, is Mackenzie okay? She's, like, tweeting some concerning stuff. And Angie's like, her blood sugars are really bad. Which they probably were. And I know that that really can, like, fuck with your emotions. But her blood sugars didn't make her post that post. Hmm. Anyway, let's go to the episode, which was, like, it wasn't great this week. Um, Teen Mom 2 without Janelle doesn't work for me. So... Let's do that right after a quick break. I just, without Janelle on this show, I'm so bored. 
Janelle is the heart of Teen Mom 2, as I've said a million times. I'll go as far as saying Janelle is the heart of this franchise. When she is not filming, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Especially when Kale doesn't have any drama. Like, if Janelle isn't bringing it, but Kale is still, like, fucking, I don't know, shaking Javi's head, like, then I can deal. But when Janelle isn't filming and Kale's storyline is her sister's baby shower, like, that's it. There, There is nothing. This was... Guys, I... Have I don't think I've ever hated a storyline more on Team Mom 2 than Kale's sister's baby shower. I don't know why this is upsetting me on such a deep level. Like, I was enraged watching this. I'm not really sure why it upset me so much, but it fucking angered me that we were watching this. There is... I have no connection to Kale's sister. I mean, Kale has no connection to her sister. Um, There is no chemistry between them. Her sister has no charisma, which, like, fair enough. I probably don't have charisma. Watching me, like, as I've said before, this will happen to me one day. But, like, I'm sure I wouldn't come off great if, like, my appearances on the show were Kale FaceTiming me. You know, I'm not, like, blaming her sister or saying it's her sister's fault or even that her sister is necessarily bad on camera, but there's just something so dull about this entire storyline and Kale's been so boring this whole season. Thankfully, hopefully next week we're going to start to see her flip out over Joe requesting child support, but I just am not. Whatever Kale is doing this season isn't working for me. So I guess we'll talk about her. It was Lincoln's soccer practice and Javi and Lauren were there. And Kale is still keeping her distance from Javi and Lauren. Now, I just, I, it just seems like so much more work to hate Lauren and to keep her distance from Lauren than it would be to be like, hi, how are you? How are you feeling? Oh, you're 30 weeks pregnant. That's good. Okay. It's just so easy to do that, that. Kale is somebody that will, like, keep her grudges and her pettiness going despite it being harder than, like, letting those grudges and being happy. Letting those grudges go would be so much easier than keeping those grudges is what I'm trying to say. And it seems like that's kind of Kale's whole life. She's a very spiteful person. Um, Kale will abs- is honestly, like, the definition of kind of cutting off her nose to spite her face, which I don't think I've, like, ever thought about that saying before, but, like, why would cutting off your nose spite your face? But I understand what it means, and Kale is that. Like, she's so stubborn, it makes her life so much harder. Um, She has to dedicate so much energy to hating Lauren, and it just seems easier to say, hi, how are you? (laughs) Just because Lauren isn't some random girlfriend, like, she is having a baby with Javi, like, she is gonna be around. Like, that's just, as the kids say, like, that's the tea, sis. (laughs) Just kidding. I will never say that. Um, But it's true. Like, she's there. She's there to stay. At least she's there to stay for now. Um, As I said, like, I think Javi and Lauren might go to the distance. At least for a while. I think that Lauren, based on their social media, so I don't know what they're like in real life, But I think that Lauren is very willing to make Javi, like, her center 
and like center her life around Javi. Um, it doesn't seem like she has a job in Delaware. I think her job, I mean, she has a newborn, like she's a stay at home mom, which is what we know Javi wants in a woman. I think her job is helping Javi with his CrossFit kill shot gym. Um, I think that she loves being like, oh, hey, daddy. And, like, posting him on her Insta stories and hyping him up. And that is what Javi needs in a spouse. And I think, I'm not sure what he gives her, but I guess whatever it is is working for them. So I think that they might actually be, like, pretty compatible, which seems crazy to say because she was the third choice, the girl willing to move to Dover. But, you know, the world is crazy like that. And sometimes that shit works. So, you know, like, what if they found their matches in each other? I don't know. I'm not saying, like, because I do think Javi has trouble staying faithful. (laughs) I do think Javi has issues, but I can see them just, like, sticking together. And nobody's saying that Kale needs to be friends with Lauren. They don't even need to, like, necessarily get along. But it would not kill Kale to be like, hey, how are ya? Oh, I'm good. That's it. And it's not being fake. Like, it's just called being civil. And I will say, like, Lauren's quick. She's a quick learner. I don't know if we have ever seen somebody come on this show and so quickly, like, understand the way that she's supposed to present herself to the camera and the way that she's supposed to speak on camera about her significant other's ex. And it's such contrast to how Jason was this week, which, like, I don't know, was, like, under my skin and grimy. Like, Lauren has not said a single bad word about Kale on camera. Um, she is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, subservient, submissive in this dynamic. And, like, she says to Javi, she's like, you know, it's fine. Look at where she is now with Joe and V. Like, She'll be there with us one day. Like, it might be five years. It might be two years. But, like, we'll get there. She hasn't said a negative word about Kale. She hasn't said, at least on camera that we've seen, she hasn't commented on Kale's mothering. She hasn't commented on their, like, co-parenting dynamic. She doesn't seem to involve herself at all with Kale and Javi. And at all with Lincoln, or with uh, Lincoln, Kale, and Javi. And she seems, like, very good at staying in, like, the the dad's girlfriend role, at least on camera. And, like, hats off to her. Like, when I was watching that scene, when she was like, it's okay, we'll get there. <laughs> I was like, you go, girl. Like, I'm rooting for Lauren. I think I like Lauren. Like, is she a fake bitch? Maybe. Probably. But I think that she has, I just am impressed with like her ability to come on camera and kind of know exactly what role she's supposed to play. I think that that takes a smart person. I think that takes a charismatic person. I've used the word charismatic many times in this episode. I just think it takes um, a quick person. And I think that she has had an ability to come into that role in a non-creepy way. And now... It might be my bias that I'm not so as willing to like call women creepy or as quick to call women creepy and that like my red flags don't go up with women as quickly and that I am not as worried about women being predators. Yes, some women are predators, but statistically it's almost always a man that's hurting children. Um, 
I guess I'm just like not as concerned with women coming into the situations. And on the show, we haven't seen that a lot because for the most part, like almost all of the women that have come in uh, with like the dads have been pretty good except for Mackenzie Edwards. You know, she's really been the only one. The rest of them have all been pretty respectful to the moms, good co-parents, good stepmoms. Uh, I'm thinking like Christina, Shirley, who else has done this? V has been great. Who I Why can't I? Oh, Miranda, Corey's wife has been great. Like we have been, we haven't seen a lot of Matt's and Jason's, even though Jason really, I know Jason hasn't really done anything wrong. I just don't like him. Okay. But we haven't seen a lot of Matt's and Nate's and Jeremy's and all just like the gross guys that these women have gotten with uh, in female form. So I don't know, guys. I think I like Lauren. I think I like Lauren and Javi together. I went more for Lauren because I think she seems like a good person. But if she's happy playing that like housewife role that Javi so desperately wants, then hats off to them. I think where they will run into trouble is when she's done having kids and he gets bored and he realizes that he doesn't just want a housewife and that he likes a woman that fights with him and argues and is independent, which is the whole reason he liked Kale in the first place, um, then he'll get bored. I think that's going to be their biggest issue is Javi's going to get bored. I think Javi is somebody that gets bored a lot because I think Javi doesn't actually know what he wants in a relationship and therefore he cannot be in a fulfilling relationship because he thinks he wants one thing and then he's in this relationship and he realizes that's not what he likes at all. Anyway, there was one moment where he said that Lauren had been working out the whole time while she was pregnant and it was sexy to watch. And I was like, I never need to hear about that. Like, I never need Javi to ever call anybody sexy. It's not something I want. It's not something I like. It makes me cringe. So the only other thing that happened in Kale's scenes is that she's planning the baby shower and I noticed that she was taking notes in a Crayola marker, which like hashtag mom life, I guess, but it just made me laugh. Um, that was literally all that happened. Isaac also tried pierogies and he didn't like them, which was like, do better, Isaac. We like you. You need to like pierogies. (laughs) But that's really it. I hope we don't have to hear about the fucking baby shower again until... It actually happens. Also, Kale said something weird about, like, her sister doesn't make any effort with her, and she hopes if she does this baby shower, like, her sister will want to make effort in a relationship. And I'm just like, I don't know. I think Kale's a very hard person to get along with and a very hard person to put effort into a relationship with. And I wonder if Kale has done any anything to put effort in so far, and I would guess the answer is no. Um, I do hope they become close. I think I've said that. Like, I think it's sad that Kale doesn't have any family. And I think it's cute that she's, like, excited to be an aunt and excited for her kids to have cousins. Um, I don't know if they have any first cousins yet because, no, because Javi's sister has kids. So they have cousins, but not on Kale's side. And I think that's cute that she's excited for them. But I just don't care and I don't want to hear about it. Chelsea. Chelsea actually had a cute episode. It wasn't that it was exciting, but they're home. Lane's okay. She's cute. And then they had... Oh, by the way, I was wondering, did anybody know if Chelsea breastfed with Lane at all? I know she did for a little while with Watson. 
but I noticed that Lane was getting a bottle. Of course, she could be pumping or doing formula and breastfeeding. So I was just curious uh, because I don't, I was watching that and I saw her doing the bottle and I was like, I don't think we've heard anything about her breastfeeding this time around. Like not from a judgment place. Like I don't care judgment wise. I'm just curious because I need to know everything there is to know about the teen moms. <laughs> uh, Watson doesn't care about the baby, which is cute. She said sometimes he pets her. <laughs> Watson is a really cute kid. Lane looks just like Watson, which isn't as cute on her, but it's kind of crazy how their faces look just alike. And also, she posted some picture of Lane wearing, like, a big bow, and then she was like, everyone said it looked just like Cole with a bow, so here's a picture with Cole with a bow. And I was like, Lane and Watson don't look anything like Cole, <laughs> at least to me. They're all Randy. Um, but I think the idea of Watson just petting the baby occasionally is very cute. So, she has her hands full of three kids, and poor little Watson has to get tubes in his ears. My nephew had to get tubes in his ears. Um, it's, like, not a major surgery at all. They just put you down, and then you go home later that day, as we saw. But Chelsea is nervous about him being put under, which I think is perfectly normal, and Cole apparently is, like, really flipped out about it. And Cole is the one that ends up going back with Watson. And apparently Cole, like, cried the whole time. He was sobbing. <laughs> it's cute. I can't believe Chelsea has three kids. I did notice, like, I feel like there has to be an easier way to get Aubrey to and from school. Like, I wonder if they live too far for a bus. But Chelsea having to, like, pick up. Aubrey every day with both kids seems like a fucking nightmare. Like, she goes to pick Aubrey up from school, and Lane and Watson are both screaming. And I was like, oh my god. I mean, I know that's a thing that moms do. <laughs> like, I understand that. But what a nightmare to have to deal with both kids screaming every day. Well, they probably don't scream every day. But, like, getting them out of the house every day to go pick up Aubrey... I don't know. I rode the bus to and from school my whole life. So having a parent like drive you to and from school is something that's not relatable to me. <laughs> my mom worked so she couldn't take us to and from school. And I even went like when I went to private school, I would have to ride two buses to school because like your first bus would pick you up by your house and then you would go and meet your second bus and that would drive you all the way to school. Because the schools I went to were far from my house, like 25 minutes away from my house. And then when I played sports at my second private school, I took the train home every day. Because the train was walking distance from my school and the train station was like less than 10 minutes. I mean, not less than 10 minutes. Probably 10 minutes from my house. And my school is actually, I guess it's probably closer to 30 minutes from my house. And it was just much easier to pick me up at the train station every night. So I would take the train home. I know literally nobody cares that I took the train home. And I was like 14. I would stand at the train station and smoke cigarettes. I loved it um, because I was bad. <laughs> the only thing that sucked was all of my friends that took the train, like, went the opposite way because they lived in the city. Um, we had a lot of kids at our school that lived in Philly and came to our special learning disabilities school 
in the suburbs, so they took the train to and from school every day, and they would be on the other side of the platform because I went away from the city, deeper into the suburbs. This is so off topic, literally nobody cares, but I felt for Chelsea a lot in this episode, is what I'm saying. I had a lot of empathy for Chelsea in this episode. It's crazy to me that three she has three kids. I'm not trying to, like, bash on her looks, because I truly don't care that she was, like, in sweatpants and her hair looked disgusting this whole episode. What I don't get is why she doesn't understand what color foundation to wear and why she looked green this entire episode. Did you guys notice that? Like, she was green. Like, she's not even orange anymore. Like, something's going on with her undertones. Like, she got a new foundation, and the undertones on it are so bad that she's now looking like a witch. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm assuming because she lives, like, in the middle of nowhere, she probably orders a lot of stuff online. And then maybe she has bad lighting in her house. And so she's like, this looks good. And so she wears it. But it's like... Girl, didn't you get color match at Sephora? And don't you just order everything on Sephora.com? Match how much fucking money Chelsea spends on makeup, by the way. I know we all love to pretend that, like, Chelsea is frugal and that she, like, doesn't spend a lot of money because we don't see her going on vacations often. But I would love to know what she spends on stuff like makeup and the kids' clothes. Especially, like, baby stuff. Ooh, girl. Girl. Anyway, Watson gets his little tubes in his ears. Cole cries the whole time. But everybody's okay. I mean, they're a cute family. I think they're doing a good job with three kids. I wonder if they'll have another one. I know Chelsea says she, like, wants one, but I wonder if she really will still want one after, you know, like, when it's been another year, and I wonder if she'll have them, like, one, two, three, really close together, or if she will wait a little bit longer, because, I mean, Watson and Lane are really close in age. They're, I think, less than 18 months apart or maybe 18 months apart because I think Watson's birthday is in February right no the end of January and she had that baby in September so they're really close in age um but yeah I feel for her oh I also did notice that they did a good job with the kitchen in the new house uh the floors look good and the white cabinets look a lot better than what was in there in the listing that we saw so props to them on their nice kitchen and that's it for old Chels. I'm glad Watson's okay. Okay, let's go on to Brie. So, poor Brie. <laughs> My heart broke for Brie. Um, Stella, and we knew she'd gone to the hospital via Instagram, but I don't know if I knew all the details, but I guess Brie noticed that Stella was having trouble moving her arms, and she found out, she took her to the hospital, and she had a bacterial infection and had to have surgery. Remember, Stella had some problems with her heart when she was first born. I think this holes in her heart. And Brittany's out of town, so it's just Roxanne and Brianna taking care of Stella and Nova. And poor Brie, like, we don't even see her in this episode, right? Like, we only see her via FaceTime (laughs) because she is in the hospital 20, like, literally did not leave the hospital. Roxanne said that she hadn't been home at all. Uh, They were just bringing clothes to her, and Roxanne is taking care of Nova. Apparently, Stella's going to have to be on antibiotics possibly for two full months, which is crazy, and apparently the hospital was like, it's really good you brought her when she did. Like, this could have been really, really bad if you didn't. Poor, poor Stella. And I just, my heart breaks her brain. She was talking about how hard it was to be there by herself, and like, I really, I felt for her. Um, I know Brie gets a lot of shit 
because people are like, well, she's not really a single mom. Like, her parent, her mom and her sister help her with everything. But, like, in those moments when you're in the hospital by yourself, like, I can't imagine having to do that on your own and not having a partner or your child's parent, like, there. And apparently Brie texted Lou and let him know what was going on and Lou just didn't answer. Like, how can you be such a scumbag? By the way, this reminds me that there was one other teen mom item of news this week, which is Corey and Cheyenne, which I know I never talk about them on the off season because I don't keep up with them that much because it's just hard for me to remember that they're part of teen mom now. But poor little Ryder is in the hospital and has been for a couple days and Corey is back together with Someone named Taylor, who I guess he was on X on the Beach with, and I guess is the girl that we saw in Teen Mom when they went to Michigan. Um, so, Corey and her are back together. She has some controversial tweets in her background about black people and, you know, just all of the, all of the subjects people have controversial and racist tweets on. Like, she's got them, but Corey is with her. I think she spit on someone on X on the Beach, which is apparently quite controversial <laughs> like like yeah it's gross but people seem like really fucking offended by it they're like she is the scum of the earth and like look i that's not i was gonna say i never spit on anyone and i know my cousin julia is like you spit on ted once um i know she would like text me and be like you never spit on anyone bitch what about when you spit on ted when we were 15 ted's our friend um which i'm is something i did when i was like a drunk 15 year old uh, because I used to drink a lot when I was a teenager. We were binge drinkers. <laughs> it wasn't great. But I have never stood on anyone as an adult. <laughs> I've never been in a fight. I don't even know why I spit on Ted. I can't remember. Julia, if you remember, shoot me a text and let me know. But I also don't see why it's any worse than, like, getting into a physical fight, which, like, a lot of people on MTV do. So, I'm not sure why people hate Taylor so much for it, but as I've said, I'm not, like, a challenge ex on the beachhead, so that whole area is kind of just, like, a blank slate to me. I don't get it. I don't understand the context of anything that goes on over there, but Corey and Taylor are back together. They're, like, on vacation in Guadalajara, and Cheyenne starts posting that Ryder is in the hospital, and she, like, wrote on her caption, like, thank you to, and, like, listed everyone who's been helpful for her except for Corey. Uh, Corey, Cheyenne then started liking tweets and Instagram comments about how Corey was, like, on vacation and not with his daughter. Corey posted, like, this tearful Instagram live about how once he found out, he, like, got the first flight out and it's so hard for him. And it's all about him. It's very performative. But poor little Ryder has been in the hospital for days, but I think she is getting released or she's doing better. But it's still sad. Anyway, back to Brianna. I wanted to, I wrote down that I just, Roxanne, you know, she has a million faults, a million faults. But for all of her faults, she is a very good grandmother. I love how she is with Nova. She takes good care of Nova. She loves Nova. You know, she's there for her. She really stepped up to the plate, although I think she's always at the plate. I don't think she even had to step up. I did notice that their minivan looks like they're carrying around, like, an entire house worth of, or, like, an entire pool. Like, how would I say this? An entire backyard's worth of pool toys? That doesn't make sense, but I hope you know what I mean. Like, 
there's so much shit in their van that looks like it belongs in a pool. I don't understand why it's all in there. I wonder if it's in there from when they had Stella's birthday party at that pool. You know, they, like, rented that house on Airbnb with the pool for Stella's birthday party. Which, by the way, is, like, a pretty good idea for a birthday party in the summer. Well, I guess all year, most of the year in Florida. But to, like, rent a house that has a pool when you don't have one. And then you can just, like, be in the house and go in the pool. Good idea. And so I'm wondering if all those are just, like, left in there from that. But that did make me laugh. Um, they go over to Devon's house. It's the first time that Nova is going to Devon's apartment. And as I've said before, like, it's so clear that they just view Devon as like their bum cousin and they love him. (laughs) Roxanne is really nice. That's when we find out that, uh, Lou hasn't like, didn't even respond. And Devon's like, yikes. You know, when Devon is doing so much better than you, like things aren't great for you. You're not in a great place if Devon is, like, kicking your ass when it comes to fatherhood to the point where Roxanne says, I just need his, their relationship to get to where yours and Nova's is. (laughs) Yikes. But Roxanne is really nice. She gives him lots of compliments. She's proud of him. She's like, if you need anything for this place, like, I'll help you. I really, she looks, Devon is like her nephew. And I like their relationship. And I'm proud of Devon for getting an apartment because the whole time we've known Devon, he's been essentially homeless, right? Like, he crashes on people's couches. He never has a place to stay or, like, a car to drive. Like, Devon has struggled, and seeing him have his own apartment, like, and he's working, and I'm sure being on Teen Mom has helped this ability. But, like, whatever. Good for him. Good for him. I'm proud of him. And that Stella's going to get to come home. So that's good. This was a really boring episode, guys. I'm sorry. I wish I had more to talk about, but I don't because I just don't feel like this was a good episode. Because our old girl Janelle was missing. So let's do Janelle. I have like, how is it possible for a Janelle scene that I have the least amount of notes that I have for anybody else in this entire episode that has never happened before? Okay, so... Kristen comes over to Barbara to talk. Uh, It's been two weeks since that soccer game situation. And Kristen is like, why won't she film? Why won't she film? And Barbara says that she spoke to Janelle. And Janelle said, essentially, like, look, I understand this is a show about my life. I understand this is about the trials and tribulations of my life. But you're not even showing my life. And how is it, like fair that I'm supposed to be putting my life on here, but, like, you won't show my husband. And I don't disagree with her. As I've said, like, I I don't think it was wrong for MTV to fire David, and I'm not upset that David isn't on this show, but I do think it's crazy that this is a show about Janelle and Janelle's life, and they're not showing, like, the most important part of her life, and that that part of her life is the main storyline of all of her segments, but he's not on the show. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I don't, I, it's not that I want David on the show. I don't, I like, I do actively want, uh, Ryan Edwards on the show. Like I actively think Ryan Edwards should be on the show, but like, I don't want to watch David. I don't like watching David. He gives me the creeps. He's a very bad person. I'm glad he's not getting an MTV paycheck, but at this point it's like, fire David or like, I mean, fire Janelle or hire David. 
back. You know, like it just doesn't make any sense to have Janelle's life and not show her husband. It it's stupid. It's stupid. So I did notice this kind of weird moment where Kristen asks, like, is David going to let her do the show? And Barbara says, it doesn't matter what David says. Like, Janelle's put her foot down. This is her job. So she's kind of gone against what she was saying before. Uh, Barbara was basically saying, like, David wasn't letting her do it. And now she's saying that it doesn't really matter what David says because Janelle's going to do it. She's just unhappy. So we get a voiceover of Janelle saying, like, I'm annoyed that David can't film, but I agreed to shoot this. So she goes up and meets with Barb and Jace. Barb and Janelle have a talk. Janelle says that she signed Jace up for soccer and Kaiser for flag football, which is good. I'm glad to hear that Janelle, like, is actively doing things like that for her children. And then Kristen comes in. is like, so is it hard to have a show about your life? <laughs> Yeah, bitch, it is. Kristen, she's a conniving little, she's a little rascal, Kristen. I mean, look, I know a lot of people hate Kristen. They don't like watching her. They find her to be a fake bitch. But, like, Kristen's so fucking good at her job. She is so good at her job. She knows exactly what to ask to get Janelle upset. She knows exactly what to ask to get Janelle to talk to her. Same with Barbara. Like, I don't know who else could be Janelle's producer. So, Janelle says that she wants respect. She demands respect. It doesn't matter if she's on the show or not because she has other shit that she's working on and doesn't care about MTV, which, like, LOL. Of course you don't have other shit that you're working on. What's other shit? Janelle's Cosmetics. J.E.'s Cosmetics, which I don't think she even owns the website anymore. Like, I love when Janelle talks about her other opportunities because... She has other opportunities. Janelle's the laziest person alive. Janelle's an unstable drug addict. Janelle has serious mental health issues that she's not dealing with. Like, Janelle doesn't have shit except for MTV. Like, there is nothing else except for MTV. There's, like, her Instagram ads, and she could probably live pretty comfortably on that for a while. But, like, she makes a shit ton of money with MTV. And she, she doesn't have other shit in the works. She said that when, once she doesn't trust someone anymore, she pushes them away and never talks to them again. And she goes, that's why I don't talk to Nathan and that's why I don't talk to Tori. Who, by the way, Tori, like, Facebooked this week and was like, if anybody here is friends with Janelle, like, please have her call me. It's urgent. Um, And in case you're wondering why Tori and Janelle aren't friends anymore, Tori was at Janelle's wedding and <laughs> apparently what her boy, Tori's boyfriend was, like, speaking loudly about I swear to god about eating ass and David and David's relatives told him to stop and he wouldn't and there was like a brawl or an almost brawl and Tori's boyfriend pulled a knife out and they had to be removed from the wedding so Janelle and Tori haven't been friends since the wedding and when Janelle says stuff like if I, if you push me away, like I, or if you disrespect me, I push you away. It's so funny because like, that's not how she works at all. She gives people nine trillion chances. You know, Janelle has this idea of herself that just doesn't match up with reality. She also started saying something weird. And I couldn't understand who she was talking about because she said, they don't know my favorite food anymore. What's going on with me? And I was like, MTV? 
or Nate or Tori. I couldn't tell if she was talking about MTV, Nate, or Tori or, like, other past friends. But she basically says, like, MTV doesn't respect me at all, so I'm going to push them out of my life. And it's like, honey, when has MTV ever respected you? That's what I don't get. Like, Janelle acts like there was a time when MTV respected her and... I don't think that's true, and I'm not sure what when she believes that happened because we've never seen that. Um, and then she starts crying because people don't see the real her, which I, okay, I think Janelle is a very bad person. I think we see a pretty accurate portrayal of her worst moments, but I do understand that it must be very difficult to live. I, I think 60% of Janelle's life is normal. Which, you know, I would say like 95% of my life is normal. So 60% like isn't great. Maybe even like 98% of my life is normal, honestly, these days. Um, But like Janelle's life is like 60% normal. And so from where she's sitting, I understand that it's very difficult when your life is 60% normal. That only the 40% of like the bad stuff goes on TV and none of that 60% goes on TV. I do imagine that that is extremely frustrating. And I, that's why I would never be on a reality TV show because I would hate to give over my life to somebody where I have no creative control over how I'm shown. Um, And I do like, that must be really hard and just like the crushing attacks she gets online and judgment and I get when she's saying like well why don't they show when we just like have a fun time like the five of us going on the boat like MTV doesn't want to show that MTV isn't interested in showing me taking my kids to the doctor like MTV isn't interested in showing me just be a mom and I do think Janelle has a lot of moments in her life that are just normal regular happy she's going to the doctor she's doing whatever like I I do believe those exist in Janelle's life but I also think that like the reality that we see on tv like isn't that far off from the reality that Janelle lives and that a a lot of her life really is that bad so that's why it's like hard for me to feel bad for her in this regard because it's not like Her life is 95% good and MTV is literally taking the 5% that it's bad and, like, making that her entire storyline. Like, I don't think that's true. I think almost all of her life is that bad. And Janelle's just frustrating that they don't, frustrated that they don't show the good points. And I think anybody with empathy can understand that that must be very frustrating and can understand why Janelle is so upset about that. But at the same time, it's like, If you don't give them that bad 40%, then they don't have that bad 40% to put on TV. Like with Chelsea, like, I believe that Chelsea is one of those, like, 95% normal with 5% bad, which is probably where a large majority of us are and where most healthy people are, right? You're between, like, 90 and 95% good slash normal with 5 to 10% of your life being bad. I would say that's, like, what the average healthy person's life looks like. But because Chelsea's is 95%, like, she doesn't give MTV that 5% because MTV isn't there very often and she's able to completely control when MTV would see that 5% and she just doesn't allow it. And Janelle, on the other hand, only has, like, a 60-40 balance, so MTV is able to see so much of it. And she isn't able to control what MTV sees. 
And it's like, if your life wasn't so bad, MTV wouldn't be able to make your entire storyline that bad. And we can really see that in someone like Kale or Leah, who really vacillate between having like a 95, well, Kale's is probably never more than like 85 good. Um, And when Kale and Leah's life are really bad, we see the really bad storylines. But when their lives are pretty good, we see their boring ass storylines of planning their sister's baby showers. (laughs) Like, I believe at this point where what we're seeing on MTV right now with Kale, like, was a pretty stable time for her. Like, yeah, she wasn't talking to Lauren and Javi, but things were good with her and Chris. Uh, things were hurt good with her and Joe. The kids were good. Everything was, like, on a schedule. And there was nothing really to show. That was bad. Which is why, like, once this child support stuff happens, she's probably going to spin a little more. Uh, same with Leah. Like, when Leah is doing well, like, there's just we don't see the bad stuff because she's able to just show MTV the good stuff. And Janelle is one of the only people who has never been able to get that under control. And Amber is very similar to it. And that's why Amber also flips out when she's like, you're not showing the good stuff. You're only showing the bad stuff because Amber lives in more of a 60, 40 split. So she's so upset. Like, why aren't you showing like how happy I am with my new baby and my husband? Well, I guess they're not married, but like, My new baby and my boyfriend, which, by the way, they might be engaged. She was wearing, like, engagement rings last week and E! News was saying she was engaged. But, like, I don't know if that really means she's engaged. And I also, like, truly don't care if Amber's engaged. I mean, she's a baby with this guy. Like, who cares if they're engaged? She's been engaged how many times? Like, my care level for engagement for Amber is so fucking low. But, you know, I... I think Amber is very much like Janelle that so much of her life is out of control that she's unable to hide the badness from MTV and then just gets so upset when they won't also show the goodness. And I can imagine that that sucks, especially when you feel like it's un- like your life isn't that bad. And I so what I'm saying, I feel like I've been talking I'm about to say the same thing over and over again, so I'm going to stop myself. But I get why Janelle is frustrated, but at the same time, I don't really feel bad for her because MTV, if you don't give them that bad material, they can't put it on air, basically. Yes, they can edit. Yes, they can be manipulative with storylines. Yes, they can get shit together. But, like, if you don't call 911 on your husband, they don't have a 911 call to air. You know, it's that simple. So Janelle's crying and she's like, I finally have someone supports me and I can't bring them around. And that I don't care that much about. Like, I don't care that David can't come around because, like, it makes Janelle upset that he can't come around. I care that David can't come around because it just makes for bad TV and a bad storyline. I don't know. We'll see where it goes with Janelle. I I mean, of course she'll be back. Like, she's not quitting this show. But I just don't really know where MTV goes from here if Janelle can't film at her house, she can't film anywhere that David goes with her. And, like, no offense, why should David not be allowed to go to Jason's soccer practice? Why should David not be allowed, why should David not be at the pumpkin patch? Like, he is her husband, and they do spend all of their time together. So, if I'm Janelle, like, I understand, I mean, we don't get to see her before, like, these court cases. Um, Apparently, next week, they're going to court because of something with Doris, so I don't know, we'll see. That might be interesting, but then we probably won't see because David's obviously going to go with her. There should be, I think basically they should let David come around and just not pay him. (laughs) Which, if I was David, I would say, go fuck yourself. But I don't know, maybe he'd be willing to do that. 
MTV needs to come up with something for next season because this like on and off with Janelle just it isn't working for me and I don't think it's working for most people. Okay, so Leah is still redoing her home and Jeremy comes home. He's been gone for a couple months working. As you guys all know, Jeremy is a pipe layer and he goes for like significant periods of time. He lives on a camper on the site and only comes home when the job is finished. So he picks up Addie. I was shocked that she was in the back seat in a car seat because usually he lets her sit in the front seat without a seatbelt on and puts it on Instagram. <laughs> and they go to see Jeremy's mom so he can get her haircut. They talk about the fact that, well, first Tammy goes, Addie, you know your daddy's leaving, right? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know, like, she knows she is. I do think, though, Addie's pretty close with her grandma. I think that she spends a lot of time over there and she loves her grandma, but basically Jeremy has been home for, I don't know, they don't tell us how long he's been home and he has to go away for another six weeks, like very shortly. Uh, Jeremy says that leaving really doesn't phase him. He's just been doing it his whole life. He works with his father, so I'm assuming his dad was away his whole life and it's just all he knows. We do get a little cute thing. They keep calling Addie sis and as she's walking out, Addie goes, by the way, my name ain't sis. <laughs> I was kind of surprised they were calling her sis because I thought they called Allie sis. Don't they call Allie sissy? I don't know. I don't have sisters. So, like, do multiple people in the family, if you have multiple girls, do they all go by sis? Someone let me know if you have sisters and somebody. Because, like, I know in some families, like, I know my friend Megan has an aunt sis. And, but, like, she's the only sis in their family. Like, I know sis is a nickname that people get, especially, like, in the older generations. But I'm not sure, do, can multiple people be sis? That seems confusing to me. Um, Addie tells us this, I guess after Jeremy leaves, Addie's in the car with Leah and tells us this story about how, uh, her teacher said, does anybody know who works pipes? And Addie said, I put my hand up first before anybody and I knew the answer and it was my daddy and my teacher said my daddy lays pipes and I was like, what? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they do in schools in West Virginia, but it was a cute story. And Leah goes, are you missing daddy? Is that why you bring this up? And I was like, I think she's just like telling you about what happened in school. But they call Jeremy. They just talk for a second. And Addie asks Jeremy when he'll find a new girlfriend, which concerns me that she is like that hyper aware of her parents' dating lives. But... Jeremy's had a few girlfriends in Addie's life and always brings her around them. And they usually come before her, so I guess she's getting aware of it. And I guess with Leah having a new boyfriend, she's, like, thinking about it. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. So, we get a scene with Jason and Leah talking about Jeremy. Now, Leah has the same complaints that she's had for five years about Jeremy not being attentive and emotionally involved. And I think, as I have always thought, that she is totally 100% justified. I understand that Jeremy works out of state, and I think that him working out of state makes sense. There's not a lot of job opportunity in West Virginia, as he has said. He, like, has talked, he, he makes, first of all, a lot of money. Um, he pays Leah a lot of money in child support. I think she gets, like, over $2,000 a month for Addie, which is fair and reasonable because he makes six figures, 
and two thousand dollars a month isn't that much for a kid. But I'm just saying, like he, Leah, he makes a lot of money, and Leah gets compensated for it. That sounds bad. It sounds like I'm saying she doesn't deserve the child support, which I don't believe whatsoever. And I also think two thousand dollars a month is like beyond reasonable for child support because kids are fucking expensive. But what was I saying? Oh, so. I understand why Jeremy works out of state. I think it's reasonable that he works out of state. I don't think there's a lot of opportunity for him to work in state. He's been working on the pipe since he was 18, apparently, as soon as he graduated high school. And I think he has a good career for himself, and I support him. But I think that Jeremy has always been emotionally absent. I think that Leah should have never had a kid with him because he's been emotionally absent since they got married. You know, like, I'm not sure what she really expected from him, but... I don't think anybody would argue that Leah made a good choice in partners with Jeremy. And I don't think anybody would argue that Jeremy thought he... Anybody would think that Jeremy would be a good dad. I think we all kind of saw that he was never a good dad and was never going to be a good dad. But I think that's probably all Jeremy knows. As we saw, as we heard, his dad also works on the pipes. So I'm assuming this is just, like, how he grew up. And he's probably not a very emotional person And I understand, like, it's hard as shit to talk to a six-year-old on the phone. Like, the last thing I ever want to do is, like, FaceTime or talk to a six-year-old on the phone. Like, my best friend has three daughters, and they're, how old are they? Oh, my God, one's going to be six next week. Don't worry, I already sent her gift. Um, They're, like, six, five, and three, let's say. That's close enough. And I never call them because I don't care to, like, sit on the phone with them because they're kids and kids are the worst on the phone um what we do is like we send each other videos back and forth and I go see them my now my grandma my grandma my mom like skypes with my 18 month old nephew (laughs) like she legit they skype and they my grandma my dad my stepdad I guess my dad and my stepmom do it too they sit there on the skype and they go hi Leo hi Oma loves you hi hi And you know what? God bless them because that's how you, like, create an emotional bond with somebody who lives far away when you can't see them. And I get it. Like, Jeremy doesn't want to sit on the phone with her, and I wouldn't either, but the reality is, like, that's her dad, and he should just fucking do it for 15 minutes a day. You know what I mean? Just sit on FaceTime and, like, let her talk, and it's boring, but it's 15 minutes of your day. Jeremy has never given that. He's unwilling to give that, and he probably never is going to give that. I think Jeremy sees his financial support as being sufficient, but Addie's getting bigger, and she can talk on the phone now. And they can FaceTime now, and there's no reason that he can't make that effort. But he just, he never will. And I think even when he is home, he doesn't spend that much time with her. I just think Jeremy's not that interested in being a dad, and I think what will change is when Jeremy gets married. Um, and then there will be a stepmom involved that hopefully will be a little interested in Addie and facilitating a relationship between Addie and Jeremy. I think that's what's going to take, which sucks, but that's the reality is that women do that emotional work that men aren't willing to do. So Leah and Jason are discussing it, and Jason basically says that Jeremy should quit his job and move home to West Virginia because me as a dad, like, nothing could keep me from my son. And, like, yeah, we all know that Jeremy is emotionally, like, neglecting Addie, but quitting his job isn't the solution because he has to work. The solution is, like, just being more involved. And even Leah says that, like, he doesn't need to quit his job. He just needs to call more. 
Jason said he's frustrated with Jeremy. And I'm like, who, who are you? You're not in this conversation at all. And this is what I mean by he creeps me out. He's too involved. This shouldn't have been a conversation on camera. I understand, like, he's just trying to support Leah. And I don't think he necessarily said anything, like, totally wrong. But it was not a conversation to have on camera. He should, this should have been an off-camera conversation. And Jeremy insta-storied some shit about how, like, you guys shouldn't say that shit because I know the secrets. Which I'm like, spill. <laughs> spill the Leah gossip. Like, all I want in my life is more Leah gossip. <laughs> Ugh. But, yeah. Jeremy's not so pleased with Jason talking about him on camera. Which, like, fair enough. I wouldn't be either. Like, he's just some random guy at this point. This is, what, like, September? She'd been with this guy for, like, less than six months. When are they breaking up, by the way? We better see that. Um, and apparently next week he meets Corey and then says something weird about Corey. I don't know. I hope he talks shit on Corey so we can have a real reason to hate him. <laughs> I just think that there are certain things when you're the new significant other that you just keep to yourself. And that you don't need to share on camera. Because it just doesn't give all of us a good impression. Also, they were wearing matching branded shirts. Somebody sent me what the company was, but I've already forgotten. But... It was just weird. I don't know. Jason gives me the creeps and I don't like him. I don't like dime eyes. I don't like him at all. But I also think Jeremy's a bad dad. <laughs> like, I don't think Leah and Jason were wrong. I just think Jason needs to be careful what he says on camera. And that's that on that. Anyway, guys, that's it for this week. I'm really upset that Team Mom 2 isn't exciting. Although I probably said that last season and then I forgot. I forget every year that I don't like Team Mom 2 anymore. Because, like, comparatively to Team Mom OG, it's better. What I'm waiting for is Young and Pregnant to come back. I can't wait for Young and Pregnant to come back. Anyway, guys, I love you all very much. Have a good week. Bye! This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.